Damien Miller, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School podcast series today. I have in my hand your new book, Selling Solar, The Diffusion of Renewable Energy in Emerging Markets. Selling Solar, why do you think solar systems can play such a vital part in emerging economies? Um, there's, a, there's several reasons. The first is that uh, fundament, fundamentally in emerging markets, the infrastructure is not yet developed. There are many many millions of people without adequate supplies of energy and solar competes very well in that mix. It is actually competitive against the alternatives that people use when they don't have the electricity grid. So they would use kerosene, they might charge batteries. In that context, solar that produces real electricity on site, you can install the system in someone's home, they can have light at the flip of a switch rather than buying kerosene, carrying kerosene and lighting kerosene. So it's almost the same issues as with mobile technology. People can't lay all the lines to have telephones, but actually it's much easier to have mobile technology. It's the same thing with solar and the developing worlds. Correct, yeah. It's, um, it's really, solar gives you power uh, at the point of need. So you don't, uh, you're absolutely right to say, you don't need to lay transmission wires or distribution lines. You can put a, we, the business that I run and the research that I've done is all about how putting solar panels on a home and that home then becomes solar-powered itself. It's not like in the West, where somebody will have uh, three to five kilowatts of solar energy, which is a lot of power. That's everything to run their home. It's just one 50-watt panel. But with that, you can give somebody four to five lights, you give them access to radio, access to TV, and that provides a connection to them to the modern world. So how important are these new markets for solar? They're actually relatively, uh, they used to be very important. It's, it's known as the off-grid market, you know, for solar. And it used to be in the 80s and 90s, about 80 to 90% of the global market. What changed was when countries like Japan and Germany, uh, they came in with new subsidy regimes. And those, on the back of those subsidy regimes, the dominant market has come to be in the industrialized countries. But I would just say that in the, in the developing world, you get the added advantage that it is really having a big social impact, not just an environmental impact. Mainly in, uh, in the industrialized countries, it's adopted by people who uh, are of a more green bent and, um, and, or, and or want to save money. But we've got the Road to Copenhagen Summit next week, over 190 countries coming together through the, the UN and, and the G20. Um, do you think these emerging economies then do have something they can teach the so-called developed world? I do, yeah, absolutely. There's, um, in India, which is where I'm based now in Bangalore, the, the government has uh, recently, as part of their uh, action plan for, for climate change, has announced a national solar mission where they want to, today there's not more than one or two megawatts of solar that is uh, in, installed in India on, on a grid-connected basis. They want to take that over the, uh, the next three years up to 1,000 uh, megawatts. So literally, it's almost like a 500-fold like growth in the next three years. And after that, they want to grow it again 100-fold by, uh, by, uh, by, I think it is, two, 2020, so that they're at something like 100 gigawatts by that time. But, of course, in the developed world, you've got to adapt and change from what you've got. And it's still expensive to yeah. convert to, to roof solar panels, whatever you're doing, and, and feeding back to the, the grid. You've got to pay out quite a lot before you get any return. Yeah. Is it hard or almost in the evolution of a country to change and adapt than to start from scratch? <laughs> that's, a good, that's exactly why the emerging markets, in a way, are, are interesting, because there's a blank slate of sorts. You have people who have no connection. They have nothing now. 
now except kerosene. So when solar arrives on the scene, it's much more attractive. Uh, I do think it's hard to change tracks. I do think that's coming, though, and I think, uh, you know, it is the way the government in Germany, for instance, has structured the incentives. It's just a no-brainer economically to do solar. It makes It's one of the best investments you can do to guarantee a certain return over time. And I think that is increasingly going to be the case even in, in more cloudier countries like the U.K., just because the cost of solar over the last uh, six to nine months has been cut at 50%. So it's fallen from, it used to be about uh, four U.S. dollars per watt. It's now under two U.S. dollars per watt. And it's only going down. Uh, and I think you're going to find that as that happens and as the subsidies um, remain in place, that you just get a better return on your investment. People start uh, taking it up more uh, vigorously. And just to say, in Germany today, more than 1% of the electricity grid is running on solar, which is mainly decentralized installations on people's homes. But clearly, grants would help people who can't afford to do it. Right, yeah. And, but more than grants, it's about finance. Because the trick with solar always is that when you buy it, you're buying 20 to 30 years of power on day one, which is not how we're used to buying electricity. We're used to paying every month, we pay our bill. Somebody else is handling the, the capital cost. So one of the things, again, the German government did was set in place in the very early days 10-year finance for solar to make it so you don't have to bear the cost on day one. It's like financing your home. It's a long-term uh, you know, asset uh, finance arrangement. You seem to be saying, Damien, where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> now, now, I have my, my left hand uh, opening uh, your book, which has a picture of you and says Damien Miller is a leading expert on solar energy in emerging markets. He was born and raised in New York City. He holds a PhD from the University of Cambridge, where he was based at the Judge Business School. Now, you are indeed a PhD success and entrepreneurial success of Judge Business School mm. by being CEO and founder of Orb Energy. How did you do it? <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> the, the first word that comes to mind is, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's challenging and it's painful along the way. I think the, the answer, the, really the challenge in this market is you're working in with very dispersed homes. You do, you're working in rural areas. I personally was very fortunate that after doing the PhD, Shell was getting into solar in a big way. And uh, Shell was very honest and sincere about doing it in the beginning. They threw a lot of money at solar and uh, renewables. In their first investment round, $500 million. And then, then they invested another $500 million, so $1 billion in total. As part of that, I was given free reign to set up their solar energy businesses in Sri Lanka, India, Philippines, Indonesia, and China. So I had great exposure and great training. And unfortunately, Shell got out of the business in 2006. And at that point, I, there was just a big opportunity. I could see India was just as, uh, had an enormous need for solar. We had a great team there that was otherwise going to be unemployed. And so uh, uh, with some venture capitalists, I was able to pull together some money and, and get the show on the road in India. Well, that must have been a big challenge and a big decision to you to actually base yourself in the Bangalore region. Uh, clearly, you knew people through Shell, but... but uh, are you sure that's the right place to be? <laughs> no. No, when I'm stuck in traffic for half the day, I, <laughs> I'm wondering if that's the right place to be. It's, um, I think uh, it's a, it, the Bangalore is, center, is the capital of the state of Karnataka in India. Karnataka is a, is a state that has tremendous power shortages. Just north of Karnataka is Maharashtra, which is the state where Bombay is located. Again, huge power shortages. These, uh, these power shortages provide a market for us, and we're able to work within those with banks who finance our consumers 
and people buy from us without any government subsidy. I should, re- I should repeat that because in England or in the UK, it's only with subsidy that solar works. Uh, in India, we don't use any subsidy. We go direct to the market and we sell. And as a company now, we're, we work in four states. We, go, we have 90 branches. Uh, we have 400 personnel. So it's very people-intensive. It creates tons of jobs. Uh, and they're skilled jobs for people that otherwise are coming out of rural areas who won't have this sort of access or opportunity. Now, indeed, at Judge Business School, we have a, a huge centre devoted to the emerging markets, China and India, and in particular uh, India. Do you feel fondly about the business school and, and your time here, now almost your life having come full circle? Uh, I do. I, um, I had an exceptional experience at the Judge. I'll, I'll, in a way, it's, if I just backtrack a bit, when I started on my PhD, uh, I started out of the social and political sciences faculty. I was at the global uh, security program. And it was clear, though, that for solar to take off, it, I had, as a student, I had to know much more about business. I had to get deep into, um, into entrepreneurship and understanding why people are successful in uh, instigating and kickstarting technology diffusion and technology revolution. And what I liked about the judge was its openness to me as, a, as somebody who didn't have a business background but clearly was focused on entrepreneurship. They brought me in, and uh, the interdisciplinary nature of the judge was, suited my, my uh, topic uh, ideally, and uh, I'm just eternally grateful. Well, then I've been told to ask you if you think entrepreneurs will play a bigger role in selling solar in emerging uh, markets. Is this a a vacuum almost, a hole in the markets that, that entrepreneurs like yourself will be able to fill. Yeah, I, I think absolutely. And you see it in India today. Uh, since the government has started talking more about solar and has announced the national solar mission, uh, every, everybody is jumping into the solar game. They don't necessarily know what they're doing. And of course, when that happens, it's sort of a frenzy and some people will fall by the wayside, but some will, some will succeed. And you see these examples such as... Um, uh, such as the founder of SunTech from China, who is now who set up the largest solar company in the world. Now he listed a few years ago on Nasdaq, and he is uh, he's the he's the Doctor Solar of the world. You know, so I think um, I think there's eminent scope for entrepreneurs in developing countries to get into solar. Indeed, large footsteps for you to follow as CEO of Orb Energy. Uh, will you be looking to Copenhagen to, to perhaps expand not just markets but people's imaginations? Yeah, again, absolutely. I think the the thing that really needs to come out of Copenhagen is beyond the industrialized countries making commitments is a recognition that the emerging markets will need assistance to get uh, to incentivize them not to go down the same road as the industrialized countries. Obviously, it's much easier for people to set up coal-fired power stations or, or, um, or um, well, basically mainly coal-fired power stations or gas stations. Uh, it's, the technology is there. It's large-scale, big-scale manufa- big economies. This is new. It's different. Uh, and I think it's going to take some recognition and commitment of funding to make sure that the emerging markets are able to... Um, they also start to see solar not just as a liability but as an opportunity. Uh, you know, and I think that's and that's how I see solar when it comes to emerging markets. And you mentioned financial incentives at Copenhagen. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely financial incentives at Copenhagen. There's one thing that's on the table is a continuation of the CDM, which is a clean development mechanism, and that is the way in which you countries emerging markets are able to get carbon credits for the 
the emissions that they reduce, and they can be used then by companies or individuals or countries to meet their commitments. And that could lead to a large flow of resources to renewable energy in emerging markets. And I think Kyoto set up this carbon de development mechanism, but we need, a, we need a mechanism that goes beyond Kyoto, beyond 2012. So. Well, I think congratulations are in order from you know, just 10 years through from Judge Business School to Shell to now CEO and founder of Orb Energy, Damien Miller, author of Selling Solar, The Diffusion of Renewable Energy in Emerging Markets. Thank you for talking to Judge Business School podcast series today. Will you sign a copy of your book for me? <laughs> of course I would, yeah. Thank you very much.